Welcome to Voices Rising Podcast. I'm Shelley. And I'm Sarah. We are two book lovers, writers, and publishers coming to you from the mountains of Colorado. Every week we bring you new topics about life, books, writing, publishing, and much more. Let us know what you're interested in hearing more about. We are here to connect with you and support you. It's just whatever. Yeah. I have my selenite. We'll be fine. <laughs> selenite. It's keeping I'm us. My selenite wand. It's protecting me. Protecting my bubble. Nice. How are you? Uh, I'm good. How are you? Other than being sick. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, I yesterday went through a psycho, like, claim my whole house. When I, I was feeling like shit, and the more I kept moving, I was like, oh, yeah. I don't feel that bad. So if I just move, I won't feel bad. So I literally cleaned my house all day yesterday. Nice. And I cleaned out, like I said, four bags full of just like old weird clothes that like I never wore. Just like weird shit. Are you in your closet right now? (laughs) I'm in the closet. I'm in the closet. I'm in the, I'll show you, I mean, I don't know if I can flip it, but I like set up this little space and this is actually like a cork board and I feel like it might be a good sound muffer Mm -hmm. and then I have this and then I'm in a, I mean, there's clothes here, but I think I need to put like a blanket or I might get some of those styrofoam things for here and the ceiling because I know the sound will probably echo up there. Sure. Like I'm surrounded by clothes, so I feel like. I think that that makes a good natural buffer for sound though. It's great. Yeah, well, and I luckily we have this like door hanger with all of these things on here because this is a huge wooden door. I'm like, that'll be great. Totally. We can, yeah, and I might just hang a blanket up behind me on the dresser because I think that, you know, any hard surfaces, like it seems like, oh, and I was going to tell you too for when we record our podcast in the future is I've been doing a bunch of research on like your home studio is if you put like a, a cloth underneath of your computer space too it makes the sound better because right it doesn't like echo off of the table oh. so I I did I put like this old scarf mm. that one of my clients gave me on my um my desk so it's like a sound absorber that's a good idea yeah we could even just put a blanket over the table totally yeah or like just like a kind of a tablecloth yeah yeah or a sheet or, or something or like just... a, an old quilt or something mm-hmm Mm. right yeah I thought layers of blankets I could use um in my closet there's that wall that I do have a lot of clothes in one side but the other three sides no yeah so I thought I could just do layers of blankets on the sides and then maybe get like a foam thing for the door well and I was reading uh, or watching a bunch of videos and some lady was like don't just buy the cheapest Amazon sound buffers because they are shit she oh, said you have to pay like yeah, she's like, yeah, she's like, it's literally like a waste of your money and they don't do any better than blankets. So like, if you're going to go that route, then just like use really thick blankets or she said you have to pay like for like two chunks, 50 bucks for two. But she said that those two chunks make a really big difference. Sure. I just found that two. with a lot of sound gear and audio stuff, like you, you can get cheap products, but they might, you might as well not even try <laughs> Yeah. Well, and then it was like the more expensive the mic that you get, the more you have to soundproof. Mm. So, and like I was talking to my sister and I forgot she had a podcast a few years ago and we used to do it and she has this speaker and it was, it's called a blue 
And I think it cost her like 120 bucks, but she Mm -hmm. got it like five years ago. And now it's only like 60 bucks. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to just try it and see how it sounds. Might as well. It might be fine. It might be. Yeah. Well, we're going to do our test and then send it to Brent. Right? Yes. And then Brett. 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 Why do I always say Brent? Brent? <laughs> That's okay. Brett. I think of Brett. Do you know any do you know any Bretts in your life? Okay, I, I know a Brett. Just think of double T. Double T. Well, I did like a sound run on my own. Just like it's like I wanna hear how I sound and then I was like he said to like research a bunch of like Disney things and I watched a bunch of those. Oh, it's so cool. Like they're just so theatrical and I've seen that. Yeah. Like people, they get all movement and flapping their arms and they're in the role and stuff. I think that's really cool. I could do that. I wanted to do voiceover. A lot of people said that you want to stand up. And so I'm like, well, I guess I can move all this stuff off of this dresser because it's like, obviously your diaphragm kind of gets a little more squished and you have more energy if you're standing up and moving. Hmm. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll Maybe like a tall, I, like a tall stool that you could kind of sit on the edge of and be yeah. flat, you know, because you do want your diaphragm to have, you want, you don't want to be crunched down. Capacity. Right. Lots of room to yeah, totally. breathe. I was so excited. I have, Ooh. um, actually, the guy just exciting. sent me back my, um, uh, my stuff and I'm just waiting for my ebook and my paperback book is legitimately like ready to upload onto KDP Yay. and then. KDP takes 72 hours to accept all of the things. And then, oh, my book is going to be Oh, my gosh. Oh, Shelly, we need to start marketing. And I'll put together, let's work on putting together a video, like a promo video for your your book. If you want to do that, you could be way more professional than me, I bet. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, at least. I would love that. And then, um a book launch party and a website and like book signing. I know I was like thinking along the whole video thing. Um, maybe just like a video of like maybe me like breathing and like, in like a meditation pose and then like reading through it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, kind yeah. Of like, yeah. And like reading some of it and then like flashing the book cover. And then I have really beautiful, images in the book and maybe somehow like intertwining those with like reading some excerpts from the book and maybe even reading my um reviews that I've gotten too that could like all be intermingled yeah. oh in and I can interview you and tape Ooh. it and then I can like put in or like about your book you know and kind of like why Love you it. wrote it and what you're yeah put it all together <laughs> mess it up it can't even it like it's funny because it like seems like, it's not real, but it's like, holy fuck, it's real. Now <laughs> My book is actually going to yes. be born. I know, yay. Wow, this is so cool. Well, I worked cool. on making malas this last week because, well, I had a friend that wanted one, but also, you know, it's just part of that process of, like, it's helping fund. <laughs> I need some yes. help funding this. <laughs> And this is the Definitely. one I made. I showed you. I think I sent you a picture, but it's so. Oh, I just love it. It's so like luminescent. And that's gorgeous. And so I did tell you about that woman at a hair salon, and I ordered a crap ton of stuff to make. So I don't know if you want to whip up any. I do. And then maybe yeah, we could. I don't know if we can make like a little. My sister said that um, Vista Print is a good space. Maybe we can make little like tags, and then mm-hmm. just put like another little tag 
maybe we could like type something up. Um, yes, I've been working like, on that even just today about typing up um, like for specific ones, like what are the like what are the properties of the different stones and things like that. Yeah, and keep it more simple because some people I think get overwhelmed, but it could be like this is for grounding and healing mm-hmm. and purifying. So, and I always think too, if there's like physical healing properties, people love that. So, like some of them literally like detoxify your organs or. And they do right. different things for your mind or I think part of intending and dreaming your next year of your life or whatever, like or dreaming your future. Yeah, I love that. And too, it's like like you say dreaming, and it's like I think dreaming or manifesting or whatever resonates with you. Yeah. Right. I think it's all interrelated. I don't I don't think it's like, well, you can do that or you could do this. Right. I think dream work is completely intertwined and part of intending or manifesting or you know that process of like maybe we do create more of our life and our future and we have more control than we think in terms of like just the path that you take well and it's like once you can bring your awareness to that and notice that I think that can be powerful because most people I think just think dreams are nothing and they push them aside or like I don't know if your kids get nightmares. My kids do. And they'll be like, oh my gosh, mom. And I think that nightmares come to us as like, kind of like a rattling, like wake up, like your soul's like, come on, like what you're doing right now is not helping you or serving you. And, you know, maybe somehow those nightmares even can come and help us if we're open to it. Well, I think that's what dream work is for me is like allowing our dreams to serve us and using them as a tool rather than feeling like it's just something that happens to you, right? I know it's like we don't think we can control what we dream about, but we actually can, and that's one thing I've experienced. And once you're in your dreams, you can get to the point which which is called being lucid, where you realize you're dreaming. And then even beyond lucidity, you can start to have agency. You could start to take control in your dreams of things that happen and of yourself. Like, um, just as an example, I decided that I wanted to fly and learn how to fly in my dreams. But to do that, I had to learn how to notice that I was dreaming so I could get to that point of being able to develop that skill, right? And it took a few years of practice dream work, like practicing the dream work, but eventually it got to where I could realize I was dreaming and then decide I wanted to fly. And it was sort of more like floating, I would call it. But I could just do it like on will, at my will. That's awesome. And, and I've lost that I, ability. I haven't yeah. done the dream work for so long that I feel like I've lost that ability. And I need to get back some right. of that. <laughs> but through practice. Well, and, yeah. Well, and I, so for me, like um, I've heard of that. It's called astral projection. Yes. Like fly, Like you can just like. And I remember when I first started, like in my spiritual practice, I was totally in my ego, like, yeah, I'm going to learn how to astral project tonight, and I'm going to do it. <laughs> I was like, I got all like in, in my head about it. I was like, I'm doing this. And then I would, I got really like mad at myself and disappointed. And I just kept setting that intention to, you know, be like you were saying in that lucid dream state where you realize, oh, I'm dreaming and I get to choose where I'm going. And you just, can kind of project and not necessarily that you're controlling the projection. I don't know if that's you've experienced that, but sometimes it's like you just can project to where you need to 
be in Mm -hmm. the universe. Yeah, I've had some of those like really lucid dreams where I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. I look up because I'm like, I'm floating in the ethers. Yeah, (laughs) and I think like a couple of times I've had dreams where it was like, halfway through the dream I realized that I was dreaming you know it was like things are just too wacko wacky bird you know I cannot this doesn't make length and then you know it takes a skill to finally kind of wake up in your dream and say oh yeah this is me and I'm in a dream which is just again practice and intention and we'll talk about I think we can go over some of those things of like how to develop that skill and yeah. then even then being able to have, like I said, agency over what you do in the dream. Like, oh, what if I turn this off? Or what if I jump out this window? Or what if I just try floating? Because the laws aren't the same. It's not, we're not bound by gravity and we're not bound by anything. And our dreams can be as wild or as crazy as we want them to be. We can live out our wildest fantasies. I read this book um, about even like, having sex with the people you really want to have sex with in your sleep, in your dreams, because it's, you know, it's literally a world that's free from this world that we're in. Yeah. From judgment and all the things. Sure. If you're married, is it still cheating? If you have sex in your dreams? I don't know. (laughs) I I I don't think so. I think that's your freedom (laughs) right there. Your land. No, (laughs) Well, yeah. Well, and that's but, like your, that's your inner world too. Like yeah. your inner world connecting you with the, the world beyond. Right. So I don't know. I don't think it's true. And <laughs> there's a lot of like symbology. And I think our, we ourselves can use dreaming to work out problems. Like, and I think that's honestly what dreams are a lot is us kind of working out problems from our mind as we're sleeping. It's kind of like putting things away in files and figuring it all out and, working through problems maybe in a new yeah. creative kind of way. And if you can see the symbology, if you can find the connections, you can actually let your subconscious like solve problems for you, make connections for you, maybe even write books and songs and poems and make art yes. that you can wake up and like, oh, that's a beautiful painting. I've done that. I've dreamed of paintings and then woken up and been like, I'm going to paint that. I've done that with writing just like mm-hmm. so many times, just woken up at like two and then just had to write for like hours upon hours. And it's never my nice. computer. I always keep a journal by my bed. I'm like, like a mad scientist, Blah! just get it all out. Well, and two, I think that it really helps, you know, like what you're doing right before you go to bed, right? So, like, you know, like, if you're watching a spooky, creepy show or something, it carries along with you, or, yes. like, which, we, we actually started watching The Witcher on, I don't know if it's Netflix or Amazon Prime, but it's a little creepy, and I'm like, I have to, like, clear my palate before <laughs> I go to bed, I'm like, I'm gonna clear, and then I always do uh, my gratitude practice, and I just go over everything that I'm grateful for, yes. and I think that helps, like, kind of align my vibration with, like, where I want to be opposed to like all the other crazy business of the day well so that is actually one of the key like if there's things you can do like in your waking life to improve your dream recall to improve your ability to recognize your dreaming one thing that I say the best thing you can do is keep a journal by your bed or blank piece of paper or whatever just something that's easy to physically write like you don't have to turn it on or start it 
or if it's your phone that you can talk voice notes into, that's fine too. Or, but just yeah, something that's, that's easy. The last thoughts before you fall asleep are probably some of the most influential. So if you can have those last thoughts be not like, I hope I dream, but like, I'm going to dream. And if there's things you want to solve, if there's things you want to do in your dreams, like state that as fact, like I'm going right, to attend it. Yes. Yes. Like don't doubt. I think that's the hardest part to get past is thinking like, can I do this or is it possible? And I would just say that it's on a continuum with your ability to believe that it's possible and to right. think like I am going to dream tonight and I'm going to maybe write a song tonight or I'm going to work out this puzzle that I've been, you know, working on and you yeah. can be well, so that's powerful. Like the power. Yeah. Well, that's just the power of those I am affirmations, which they are the two most powerful words spoken in any language, like all across the world. And so even just saying, you know, I am dreaming this tonight, because even the word going sometimes can lead you to that self-hindrance, sure, that self-doubt. Yeah. Like I'm and a, you can grab a hold. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm I a powerful my, dreamer. <laughs> total. Yeah. Well, and I wrote it even in my book, like I call them like the big IMs, like capital, like see those as like I, A-M versus the I, I am like a tiny I and baby M, like take a hold of your IMs, you know? Yeah, yes. And then be very, like, firm in your belief about that, that it is possible, and that you have, we are all born with this innate ability to dream and to remember our dreams. It's just that we haven't practiced it. We're like, you know, when we grow up, we learn about the five senses. And what if we were taught there was another sense, a dreaming sense? Or what if it was just sort of instilled in us as young children that this is an ability we have? I think we would carry it on through our lives. Yeah, well, and anytime my kids, my kids always love to tell me dreams. I don't know if Cedar and Rowan do, but they always do when I make sure, no matter what I'm doing, that I listen. And then I'll say, what do you think that that meant for you? And Junie's always the cutest because she just is. And Jack will just be ridiculous. But I think I'm trying to cultivate that in my kids by listening and validating their dreams like oh my gosh wow and if you and as kids kids have a lot of nightmares and I think that's because you know as a child you feel helpless you're small you know you depend on others to care for you it's kind of frightening and possibly those come out through your in your dream life as monsters or insurmountable problems right and I think one gift that I want to give my kids and I often will like encourage Cedar on this when she has a bad dream is to say you can't really die or get hurt for real in your sleep so what do you think would happen if you fought that monster if you turned around and said boo to that ghost or whatever it was and just sort of had a little bit of courage within your dream life instead of running from it and it's so interesting how that can shift and you say next time you next time you dream about that maybe try just one act of courage one act of bravery just because it's in your in your dream life it's not as it doesn't have as like the same consequence i guess and the interesting thing is is that when you can do that in your dream life you can do that in your real life you can sort of turn and face those monsters or whatever yeah, and even I'll tell my kids too that like, what if that monster? What if you poofed it 
because you can have magical powers, into a tiny little kitchen or a yep. little puppy. <laughs> or what? tamed it and it became your pet or, you know, like the yeah. whole world is open to you. Like, so what do you want to make happen? Do you want to run yeah. from that monster in your sleep or should we ship that, you know? Yeah, and I like how you said that, like, what if you can tame that monster? And what if that monster can be, like, your best friend or your confidant? Or be the thing that, like, protects you instead of scares yeah. you. And, like, just really yeah. kind of transforming that experience of, like, that nightmare into, like, you know, you have power over this, you know, more than you realize. Yeah. I was remembering that when you led this dream practice in our women's circle. What was that, like? It was a while ago. Oh, it was like wonderful. a year ago, I probably, it was by yeah. the fire. Was mm-hmm. it a year ago? I remember, though, you said to use, like, a focal point before you go to bed and just kind of, like, almost like that Buddha gaze where you only slit your eyes. And I have a painting that I painted, and it's actually, of like, Tara's energy. She's, like, the Hindu goddess of compassion. Mm-hmm. And I, I always, like, I'll look at when I remember, because I fall out to, like, looking at her, like, right before I go to bed and then wake up. And it it's weird how it does help you. And then you said to also to kind of reposition yourself into positions that you slept to try to remember your dreams. If you're like, yeah. oh, I forgot what my dream was. You can so, try to. Yeah. So yeah. part of the dream practice too, like I said, that last thought before falling asleep, but also those few, like if you can, it is possible to go direct from awake into like that lucid state without having to like, quote unquote, fall asleep or lose consciousness. Like it's totally possible. Mm. And you can do that by just keeping that, like kind of doing a meditation as you fall asleep. And like you said, like we were talking about, it was like finding that focal point. And like every night when I fall asleep, I look at those windows or whatever it is that you're, you know, I look at my painting or, you know, I look at my journal and I think about writing down my dreams And then Mm. I just keep looking at it as I'm falling asleep or whatever it is that you do, it's intentional. And then, yeah, like when those first few moments when you wake up can also be extremely important if you're wanting to do dream recall. It's like, I don't know about you, but those first few moments, it feels like you're still, you're kind of in like both worlds. And depending on what's going on, you know, you might have a minute or two to lay there and keep your eyes closed. And sort of stay in that halfway in, halfway out realm and like change positions, try to find all the positions you might have slept in and think, you know, did I have a dream when I was laying in this spot or, and if you don't, you know, it's fine. Like, don't get frustrated because part of it is just that repeated practice of doing it. And as you fall asleep, your mind is going to start anticipating that in the morning, the morning you is going to be there to collect those dreams and so it might start recording them in different ways, just knowing that you have that intention. So it's interesting. Yeah. Our mind is is a lot more active while we're sleeping than we think. And it can remember, like, we can remember what we were thinking about the day before and c- incorporate that into our dreams or our sleep or whatever. Yeah. And I've done that practice ever since you led that women's circle. I remember when I was, like, trying to reformat my book, I was, like, super struggling and you know, when you're just like fighting against yourself and you're like, ah, and it just makes everything worse. Yes. And for like three nights before I went to bed, it wasn't the first night. It didn't happen the first night, but I just intended that my dreams would help me work out the order of my book and that I would be guided into like when I sat at my computer or like that I would just be guided. And I was like within three days and I just, I can't remember if I, 
I think I did just sit on my computer and I was like, I know what it needs to be. And I took a paper and pencil and I just rewrote it. And the structure of my book just like shook perfectly. That's awesome. Together. Maybe you did like work it all out in your sleep. And then I think I totally remembered it. Yeah. Well, and it was like, instead of like fighting against myself, I was just like open to being guided instead of knowing that I always have the answers and I think if we can trust that the answers will come to us, they will come eventually, but it's like not always going to be on our timing. Right. 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 And not getting frustrated when it doesn't come like in the exact moment that we wanted it or expected it. I think that's part of it. It's just like being patient and Uh not missing an opportunity for that, you know, being open for that, but like, Oh, which is hard. It is hard. Yeah. I know then, I have this like inner control freak that's like, you must know everything, Shelly. You must take control. And I'm like, no, no. I know. It is Stop hard. It. It's like you want to mm-hmm. be completely like in charge. And yeah. you can't. But there right. are things you can do, including just like having a regular practice that you do before sleep, after sleep. You keep your journal there. There's Obviously, I think is having like setting yourself up for restful sleep can greatly improve your dream life just because broken sleep, you don't get as much opportunity to get into that like dream state. And we talked a lot about that stuff, but just like going to bed at the same time, having routines, avoiding caffeine, nicotine, alcohol, other kinds of stimulants and depressants as much as possible especially in the two hours before bed those two hours can be seen as like your prequel to dreaming or sleep and then you can do things like eating foods that have melatonin in them like cherries almonds bananas or oatmeal I think were some that were high in melatonin and then like different vitamins vitamin b6 stuff like that if you take them regularly it's been found to improve your just generally like your sleeping health mm-hmm. and anything you can do to improve your sleeping health and your quality of sleep, you're going to have better, longer, deeper dreams, you know, which this is something I really need to work on because I'm not consistent about my bedtime routines. It'll just be depending on if I have seed or depending on if I'm up working on a project or not, or, you know, <laughs> which I think also like being flexible is key to anything in life because like rigidity like rigidity is that the word yes yes that only creates like a whole other beast like when we're like I have to do this because I have that personality where I'm like I'm in it every morning wake up at five o'clock which I did for many years and then which is totally admirable I need to yeah yeah I'm like I need to be flexible and I think too with the whole sleep thing is setting your sleep space up like a I call it a sleep sanctuary just like a cozy space that supports a good night's rest like I think it's important like energetically and physically to like tidy up your space like so it feels good because like piles of dirty laundry or dirty clustery shit like that creates like disruption totally and I think it makes it harder which I mean, honestly, like my daughter has been sleeping in my room for the past month and Jack was also, and I had two kids' beds on the floor and just like shit everywhere. And it was like that for a month and I did not sleep well. And yesterday, Junie was like, mommy, I think I'm ready to go back in my room. I feel like the energy's clear in there. And 
I moved her out and last night I slept pretty good, but my room just feels like <sighs> no. so nice because I, I just know. have all like the crap just like read out of here and yeah, it, like totally. and really I young. clean and organize. I'm like, ooh, it feels so good. I know. And even like lights in your room can make it hard to sleep. So this was one thing that I did. I'm trying to think of it was probably like eight years ago was getting a TV out of my room because we used to always fall asleep to the TV, always. And when I wanted to do that, Rex and I were at war for like six months. He was like, (laughs) we are having our TV. And I was like, no, over my dead body. (laughs) We're not having, it's like, you can watch the TV in the living room. And now eight years later, it's just like, oh, it's fine. But before it was. And it is so important that you're like, I've had, let's say a desk in my room before or works like work in stuff intermingled with my sleep space and I don't I don't do that anymore I mean my recording in my closet's going to be different I guess because it's like a temporary thing but um, I just think it's important to have your sleep space be just your sleep space and not have your tv in there you know no entertainment type stuff and no work and screens yeah yeah hobbies and things like that like just keep them out of your like you called it a sanctuary and I like that idea I'm gonna I got my, so as you know, my room was a total disaster. As I got into the last few weeks of my school semester last year, I was like, wow, and life went crazy for a while. Welcome to life. But then, finally, (laughs) I got my space cleared out. It's great. It feels much better in there. And I was thinking of getting, putting some art up on the walls and just, you know, maybe making it more like just restful and conducive to rest because I think that's important. Well, and even like curtains, I mm-hmm. uh, actually have a whole chapter in the book about the practice of waking up to sleep, about how to have like an optimal sleep space. Dark. And like yeah. dark, like blackout curtains. And for us who live in the chilly mountains, those blackout curtains also keep the cold the out cold and the heat and, out. Yeah. They're helpful. And covering up digital lights. Like if you yes. have a, like I have this air filter which has this really annoying bright blue light which yes. it just seeps in like I can't even close my eyes against it I feel like it comes in through my eyelids and I have yep. to cover it up white, yeah. duct tape, white duct tape or electrical tape because mm. I have the same thing and I mm-hmm. literally had to cut four of four duct tapes of white duct tape four layers of it to, to cover fully, up the light on my yeah. fan <laughs> But I'm like, I can't stand I'm the same stuff. way I'm so sensitive and it's because our brain sees that light and it simulates, oh, the sun. So we can't yeah. get that restful sleep, you know? And mm-hmm. to like make sure your bed is cozy and if you eat in your bed, like maybe wipe the crumbs out, you know, make sure your blankets like feel cozy on your skin and you have a yummy pillow and, a, you know, make sure it feels good for you to right. lay. And there's also like optimal um, sleeping positions that um, can actually help you increase a better night's sleep. And there's this author, his name is Sean Stevenson, and he wrote this awesome book on sleep called Sleep Smarter. Mm. And you can, if you want to, like, delve into this not dreaming aspect, but just, like, to get good sleep, set you up in that dream state, his book Sleep Smarter is bomb. It's such a great book. Oh, nice. I'll have to check that out. I do think sleeping and dreaming are completely related. You can't just separate one from the other. Agreed, 100%. Yeah. Well, it's even like your dream state to your waking state. It's like, you know, it just like ties in. 
sometimes I'm like, wait, is this my dream state or is that? I like. Do you ever have those days where you just feel like you're like, like, what yeah. is happening? Like, I is, mean, am I awake today? Have you ever woken up inside of a dream but still been dreaming? That's happened to me a few times. Like you wake up and you're like, oh, that was a weird dream, and you get out of bed and then you realize you're still in a dream. <laughs> I think one of the weirdest things that's ever happened to me in dreaming is. Well, two things I would say are the, like, dreaming of the future and having it come true. That's happened. Oh, And then cool. trying to connect with people in, like, real life and not being able to. And then connecting with them in my dream or finding out details that, like, actually led me to them in real life. <laughs> like, there's got to be some kind of connection there. I think with what I believe is that there's almost like another realm or dimension that we go to. And we can meet up with people there or communicate almost like in a telepathic kind of state or something. I don't know. But I've connected with people through dreaming that I don't know how that was possible. I've had um, two different instances of very close people who, um, so my cousin's husband's mom just died like the week before Christmas in like a really yucky truck accident and she Mm. was ejected. And he was asleep when it happened. It was like 4 a.m. And he is not really a spiritual guy at all. He's total like roughnecker, rednecker. Like I love him to pieces. He's just well, he's mm-hmm. himself. And he said that morning he was awoken and he thought of his mom and he let out this like <gasps> gasp that sounded like a woman's gasp. He gets goosebumps everywhere. That was somehow like his mom like channeling through him somehow. Wow. Yeah. Huh. And then and then my other Sarah, who is making my book cover, her sister was Hannah, who was a soul sister of mine, and she died of BRCA1. And it was awful and just like a slow, long thing. But the morning that she died, Sarah was asleep. And it was a very similar experience where Sarah was asleep and Hannah's energy came to her. And she, and she came and she kissed her on the third eye and then she, and they got a call that she died Wow! and it was like, oh my gosh. And so it's like that dream state can connect us to others, you know, in like Mm -hmm. the spiritual realm or whatever, like two, two different instances that are like very similar. That is interesting. Yeah. Uh It is something that can be used and kind of bring us comfort or connection or insight or creative inspiration. There's just so many, or just even you can go, you can fly. I mean, why wouldn't you want to do that? <laughs> why wouldn't you want to float in why the ether? Come on now. I've always wanted to fly right. and I feel like I finally got my wish in my sleep, I guess. <laughs> and it's, it's interesting. I haven't done the astral projection in my dreaming state but like in a meditative state I have done that like I don't remember it was a few years ago but I literally like elevated and like went on this like flying projection across like the fucking world it was so cool like I was like in the desert and then I was over the ocean and I was like flying above the planet it was the coolest most vivid that's amazing it was like I was watching a movie and I was like flying like like, why would she want to do that it was so cool I was like dang that is so awesome 
Yeah. It was super cool. And then I remember like afterwards, my vibration was just like so elevated. And I just felt like I could fly. Like, can I fly in this room? I know. Well, I remember like having to develop that skill of being, of learning how to do it. And it's like, literally, it's almost like you just, you will your body to float, to elevate off the ground. And then you will yourself to go in whichever direction. It's, it's Mm -hmm. the weirdest thing. Like I can't explain it to but it's something you do. Like you just pick yourself up and go. (laughs) Well, and I feel like if, yeah, if you have a meditation practice or not, like a practice that you can do is you can kind of, you know, sit with yourself, close your eyes, slow down your breath. And you can almost, I like to imagine just like myself looking at myself. Like if you could just almost like imagine yourself looking. So that's almost like you're separating. And then maybe you could slowly just like imagine that self just like, hovering and looking down at you and you know that could be like a practice that could start that like Mm -hmm. floating or astral projection just slowly coming out yeah I mean really Mm -hmm. our you know there's so much space in between the molecules in our body and there's so much air that we are literally more we're less solid than we think. <laughs> the whole world is less We're more like vibrational solid. It's matter. vibration. And yes. So, yeah, exactly. And, mm-hmm. and I really think that we have, especially in our dream world, we have so much more like freedom to do things like float or project ourselves or fly or anything because those, the laws of our universe don't apply. So right. getting the yeah, talking about all the floating and flying thing. I read this book. I'm trying to think of what it was called, but it's about transcendental meditation. And there was the yogi Maharishi Mesh Yogi. And he had, you know, like a following. And it wasn't like super huge, but there was like this, like an interviewer, like a news journalist guy who was like kind of into it, but was skeptical. Yeah, And he like followed them for many months. And one time he peeked in on all of these transcendental meditation people and they were literally like levitating and like he bouncing and they were rising up. And he said, if I didn't see it, I wouldn't have believed it, that they were literally like levitate floating and they were like bouncing off of the walls and like (laughs) laughing. And they were because it like transcendental meditation is just like a a certain practice. And those people have like, broken through the confines of the mind that like maybe we can fly and float in this life like they weren't like superman or anything but they were just elevated by the the vibration that they were in well i was gonna mention that too like that yogis and really people that have like managed to get to a certain level with their meditation i've heard that they have just spontaneously started floating And like you said, maybe it's just in our minds that we're sucked down to the ground and like so rooted to like this idea of gravity. And and like I said, our cells are mostly air. Our molecules are just these vast. It's like similar to the universe where there's planets and stars, but they're all so spread out. And Uh um, that's what we're made up of. We're literally like the universe in terms of our inner molecules, you know? (laughs) Yeah, well, it's even, like, the premise of, like, superheroes. Like, my boys that love superheroes. And I'm like, those ideas had to have come from somewhere. I'm not mm-hmm. saying, like, all of them are true, but, like, that had to have come from somewhere. Like, that someone could just go, and then attract the cup. And, like, sure. Star Wars, the Force, the Force was if you create it, or if you look back 
George Lucas created that from Reiki. Mm. Like the, that premise was from that. But I mean, when I watch Star Wars, I'm like, that is so like that could really come true. Like if you tapped into yourself or like the chi. Well, I think there's, you know, Chinese like, cultures used chi, the idea of energy. Yes. Qigong, there's qigong, which I've used practiced before, which is really cool. It's just like kind of cultivating you realize energy. There's a lot of energy that like we're in a, an environment of air, which is full of vibrating molecules and we're made of vibrating molecules. And like, there's so much uh-huh. energy around us. If we're not using it for our good and for our benefit, then maybe we're just subject to whatever, like, blah, you know, um, totally. but taking like taking your power over that and maybe being able to move energy and use energy. Yeah. Do whatever. That's what we were actually just watching the new Disney's. Have you seen that Mulan? Like the, the people one. And no. they say like, that um, four ounces can move a thousand pounds, and like the it's a she's a woman warrior in that movie, and she's like tapped into her chi, but her chi is actually not as strong because she's pretending to be a man, and she has to like unveil her truth, and then she like can like do these like crazy moves and like fly and because mm-hmm. she's like tapped into that chi, and I, I love I right. love like sharing that with my kids so they can see like whoa like that stuff is real, and there's legends of like ninjas and warriors that could literally fly or like you said use like a tiny touch to knock someone over or whatever and it's really about that like intention that power of you know using your energy and having that complete I don't know agency over well yeah well it's like tapping in well it's like how Reiki is but Reiki is kind of like it's you're more of like a conduit it's like, it's not coming from me. Like I've had people say, oh my gosh, thank you. You did so good. I'm like, it's not me. It's, it's I'm just here. like, yeah. I almost imagine it's like a faucet that goes down my head and then into my hands. And it's just like this open conduit and nothing comes and sticks with me. I've only ever once had a Reiki practice go where I absorbed all of the energy and it was my sister and she mm. was struggling with anxiety really bad. And I could feel everything and that was only practice, but since then, like, I can just, I can just not take on people's stuff, and yeah, it's, it's interesting, just, like, the energetic healing, right, and when we're tapping in, when we're dreaming, I think we're tapping, we're able to tap into that, and that's how Uh we can heal, maybe, or solve problems, or connect with people, or whatever we do, it's because there's a bigger kind of consciousness, or whatever, out there, yeah, and I do a lot of Reiki in my sleep. Like, I'll send the intention. Like, my girlfriend, Sarah, who her sister Hannah passed away, her husband's dad just died this last week. And she was struggling, and he was struggling. And I just, like, before bed was, like, gave them both Reiki. And then in my dreams, I, like, projected, I like, to them. Or I don't know, we were somewhere and gave them healing energy. And then in the morning, I texted her. And she's like, oh, my gosh, thank you so much. I could feel that energy like see like using my dreams as this yeah. conduit and they're all the way in um where's Fargo Dakota is that in the mm-hmm. Dakotas yeah yeah North Dakota, North Dakota yeah, that's yeah. where they are and I sent them the Reiki that's so in awesome. my dreams mm-hmm. yeah we are so much more powerful than we believe I think yeah and it's like once you start opening like I think that yoga for me was a huge practice of like this big awareness and it's funny because when I came into my yoga teacher training, I thought like, oh, I'm just going to learn how to do yoga. And it was like, 
no, it's like this whole spiritual practice. It was like my, I'm sure I've said this before, my instructor said it's like a pie and asana, the movement portion is just like a sliver. And then it's just like this whole other realm. And then Reiki came and I was like, huh, interesting. These things that are just, they've always been here and I've just opened to accessing them. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that Mm -hmm. I think is with dream work and with a lot of this stuff is like, we already have the ability Maybe it's like a muscle that hasn't been used very much, so we need to exercise it and make it stronger. But like all of us can do that and we can get better and maybe a little bit more open to it as time goes by, as we start to trust our intuition and trust our, you know, inner dream work more. But so, Sarah, what would you recommend for like a listener who is super interested in dream work but is like, ah? maybe a little skeptical or just didn't know where to start. Like hey, what's like one or two tips that they could do tonight before they go to bed. I would say first thing is maybe write down a list of things they intend to do to start their dreaming practice, because that's the first step of intending something is to make a plan, right? To say like, I, I intend to do this. I'm writing it down. I'm taking an action, like a physical action that aligns with my like inner purpose or whatever. And then set it up, set up your plan. Like if you have a dream journal, which I highly recommend, keep it by your bed. Go out and buy one, buy a special one, you know, whatever. It's like, if you're like fancy journals, go get a fancy journal or just blank note paper. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, I think that whole getting a special notebook for different things is super important because if you connect with that thing, and even though it's like a physical thing that you'll... Like, get, like, tune into those feelings of, like, ooh, I'm excited about this, you know? Like, yeah, because the paper, I've done the paper thing, but then inevitably it gets, like, recycled or water gets spilled on it. So I like that idea of, like, having that special intentional journal. Yeah. And I like your idea of even, I would just be, like, right before I went to bed, I intend on tapping into my dreams mm-hmm. tonight or whatever. And intention. yeah, and you can think it, but it's even like, think about like every action you take with your body is sort of like you're telling your body what you want. So when you do something physically with an intention, like you're like, before I go to bed, I'm going to drink a glass of water. I'm going to meditate for five minutes. I'm going to write in my dream journal I'm going to dream tonight or whatever it is like you're physically doing things with your intention behind it. It's like you're sort of I think if you think of your body as a computer, which is sort of like a biological, you're programming it and you're saying tonight I'm going to dream and it's going to be about this or I'm going to solve some problems or I'm going to face what I'm afraid of, or, you know, like set your intentions if you want, or just say, I intend to dream tonight. I intend to remember my dreams when I wake up or I am a good dreamer or <laughs> whatever it is that yeah, that's great. speaks to you. Maybe have that be part of your routine to write in your journal before you fall asleep, your intention, and then leave it there for yourself. If you wake up in the middle of the night, also, this is a good practice. If you happen to wake up in the middle of your dream or right at the end of your dream and you know it, you're like, bam, I just dreamt about this. Even if it's all sloppy and wobbly and hard to read, like just roll over and scratch out a few key details on that paper to spark your memory in the morning. Be like, dog chasing me, you know, 
fence, yeah. car, man, whatever, you know, write it all out. And then in the morning, that'll help you revive the rest of the details. Um, and if you do that, you know, try not to turn on a light or disrupt your sleep, like literally, or even speak it into your voice notes. Like, I just had a dream about this. La, la, la. Go back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. It can really help. Yeah, you helped me so much when we did this dreaming circle because I, for like many years, always had this dream in different scenarios where I was like stuck inside of a house or a building. Like mm. I was just like stuck and I didn't know like how to get out. And I think after like I just kind of set that intention to like work it out. And I feel like the dream was like my birth mom like holding me inside of her structure Trapped. and it was like but they were like horrible dreams and I would wake up just like ah get me out of here and then once I had this dream where I was like somehow in this building and there was the energy of her in this other building and she was like coming out towards me and all there was was this tiny little window and I like was lucid all of a sudden mm. and I was like I can fit through that tiny window and it was like a crack and I was like I can fit through that and I just went shoot and it gives me goosebumps because I have not had that fucking dream since. Yes. Because I became aware and I was like, I can be free from this. I'm not stuck awesome. by her confines. Yes. So reoccurring you know? dreams, reoccurring nightmares, I think this is especially helpful for. Like I was being haunted by really bad waitressing dreams when I was a waitress. And it felt like yes. I was just being haunted by them. That's the best word I can think of because they would just come and like, Oh, I couldn't get away from them and they were just people demanding things and I'd always be short-staffed and overrun and there wouldn't be enough menus and everyone would be wanting everything at once and I'd be freaking out and I you know you just wake up feeling awful and then you have to go and like do that for your job that day but I decided to use it as a tool and to help me wake up to be lucid and then I finally had this waitressing dream where again I was like the only one there serving tables and everyone's expecting me to do the work of five people and everyone was mad at me and I was about to lose my shit and then I realized I was like wait because I had told myself if I have any waitressing you know bad waitressing experiences say to yourself this might be a dream right if there's anything slightly unusual about this bad waitressing experience like Wait, they wouldn't normally just leave one person out here, would they? Yes. Then I like trained myself over time by repeating that mantra over and over that I was going to question if I was in a dream or not. And I finally oh. did. I finally was like, wait. <laughs> and I turned to my boss and I said, I don't have to do this because I'm dreaming. <laughs> and I went out and I sat in the restaurant with my arms folded <laughs> I was like, I'm not working. <laughs> and then I was like, I went and sat down and there was like a friend or someone I knew in the restaurant and I went and sat with them and I looked at them and I'm like, I'm dreaming right now. And then I was having a hard time holding onto it. Like there was part of me that kept trying to wake up out of the dream. And there was another part of me that was really trying to hold onto it. Be like, no, I'm dreaming. <laughs> I finally woke up. Yeah. I did not have any more bad waitressing dreams after that because I took control of them and I was like nope not doing that I used to have those I called them work mares about mm, the same yes. thing waiting tables or when I did hair it was like 
there was always too many things to do and you just could never get to it. And then you wake up and you're like, <laughs> yes. And like use that, use yeah. that as a tool. If that happens to you, if you get, if you get yourself in repeated scenarios, use that as a tool to help you wake up in your dreams. Yeah. Well, it's like your fear is that you're not going to be enough and not be able to do enough, but it's like, well, what if, what if a few of your tables just walked out like, well, well, they'd go eat dinner at home or go somewhere yeah. else. What if you People just survive? What if you just refuse to participate in that? Yeah, it's like no one is going to die yeah. in those dreams. Like you're just like. You're not going like, to get I think fired. It's like that, yeah, it's like your inner turmoil just like. Rah, and maybe there's trying some. to work its way up. Right. And maybe there's some part of you that needs to learn how to set better boundaries. Or that feels often overwhelmed by things that people expect you to do. And that needs a part of you to stand up and be like, no, that isn't fair. That isn't right. I'm not doing that. You know, like some, like it's, again, if you do it in your sleep, if you can do it in your dream, it's a lot easier to do that in your real life. Learning a skill. Yeah. And like, uh, like first, like allowing that awareness that like you can tap into your dreams and that you can, you can inside of your dreams, like choose to shift whatever's happening inside. If I think that's definitely a practice that takes time. It does take time. And I think Mm -hmm. so to kind of go along the timeline, like in review, like first setting yourself up for good restful sleep, you know, and doing whatever that takes to set up your environment, your habits, your intake of foods and substances or whatever to make that as like conducive to good sleep. And then second, setting up your dream practice around that so that you have routines, you have your focal point, your dream journal, your positions, your memory, you know, you're falling asleep with your intentions, waking up and spending a little more time thinking about the dreams you just had. And then third, after you've gotten all that down, is then trying to not just have better dreams and remember your dreams, but then being able to use them as a tool you know, solve your problems, gain your skills or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, instead of stressing out and being so overwhelmed and it's like, what if we could just slow down and just trust that maybe we could find the answers that we're looking for, like inside of us, we don't have to look for them out there. Like yes. we're so trained in our society to like be pawning and like searching, but it's like everything we really need if we slow down enough, like in, tap into our dream state or in our meditative state that like we can get the answers that we're looking for. They're really right here. And it sounds so small and simple, but it's not because right. Like those little things in life, like are, they're hard because we're so trapped by like social media and phones and the jibber jabber of the world. Mm -hmm. Right. And not Mm -hmm. to outsource our power. Like we do have a lot of the answers for ourselves within but maybe it's Uh-oh. it comes out when we're dreaming or sleeping, and that helps, you know, if we can access that wisdom and that uh-huh. inner knowing, maybe we won't feel so lost or feel the need to look for things outside of us, you know? Yeah, right. It's like that trusting, which is like a hard thing for people, most of us, to trust, trust yeah. ourselves. Trusting ourselves is hard. Yeah, I agree. Trust yourself. Yeah. You could even like an intentional journaling, like I trust that I, you know, it can dream or I trust that I'm dreaming tonight or mm-hmm. something like that. Totally. Mm-hmm. 
good stuff. Very good, Sarah. Thank you so much for all of your knowledge. I love it. Yeah. You really brought a new awareness to dreaming to me. So I wanted to say thank you to you because you're a badass. <laughs> well, and you're just like, you, you like have such like a deep well. And you know what's so funny is I was cleaning off my shelf and I found your creative dreaming book by like, oh, do you yes. remember the author? Uh-huh. I can't remember her name, but that's a really good book for anyone that wants to get into a dream practice. Which I'm like, I need to dust that off. I just finished Wild by Cheryl Strayed. Such a good book. Love nice. to do a book club on that. Yes. But I like, I know that a year ago I read like maybe a quarter of that book and then I put it back. So I will return it to you one day. It's a good one to keep and <laughs> like to read it. revisit too, I feel. It's from like the 70s too. It's like old. I think it's hard for my eyes because the, the way the margins are like, there's barely any margins and there's so much text. It's like, the way that they formatted that totally. book. It's a little much for my eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> the font is a little crunched, but yeah. Crunched. Yeah, very good. That's good. good. And I think that anyone can be open to tapping into their dreams to help them in their daily life. Definitely. Yeah. It's a good practice to start. Thank you so much for being here. We truly appreciate all of you listeners. Please head over to your favorite platform and rate, review, comment, and share. 